When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Tales with TR, episode 120B. We're really getting up there. Today, I welcome my former teammate, Jeremy Thompson, the Indian outlaw from the Tri-City Americans, 1994-95, and I suppose 95-96 as well. I just remember most about 94-95 because it was one of the funnest years of my life. 95-96, Tomer was also my teammate I had a concussion and battled some injuries, and uh, we'll always be good buddies. But 94, 95 was uh, not only my draft year, but um, it was fun. It was just fun and, you know, coming of age kind of year. You're, you're 17, turning 18, uh, living in the United States, bit of a novelty. We were pretty much all Canadians. We had Brent Ashcroft and Brian Boucher, two Americans, everybody else from Canada, loving it, living in the desert in Kennewick, Richland, and Pasco, Washington. And uh, Kamloops would win the Memorial Cup that year. In the final game, I believe they won 9-1 to or 9-2 to against Detroit, Brian Burrard's team. So uh, we took them six games in the Western Final after uh, beating Spokane in Game 7 of a thriller, my only Game 7 overtime goal ever. 
And it just seemed like everything went right other than beating Kamloops, of course. But given how good Kamloops were, Kamloops were in the middle of three Memorial Cups in five years. One of, if not the best junior team ever. Stats don't lie. Um, and uh, so us as a bunch of young guys and I guess underdogs, it was a bit of a feather in our, our cap to take them six games. And one of the games they beat us was in overtime. So other than the final game, game six that year, which they trounced us, uh, and we just ran out of gas. They were fucking unbelievable. They had Darcy Tucker, Jerome Ginla, Jason Strudwick. Oh, God. Nat Domnichelli, Shane Doan, uh, Brad Lukowicz, two cups. Like, Brad Lukowicz was like their last, their 60, and he has two cups, two different teams in the NHL. Jason Holland, and they had some great guys who like, didn't go on, but in junior were a bit smaller that in today's game probably would stand a bit better of a chance. Aaron Keller, um, small D, the, uh, did they have Bert Henderson? I know, no, he was in Kelowna. Anyway, uh, Tyson Nash, guys that were on like their third and fourth lines that were just like, but they were the best grinders, you know? So Tyson Nash, I think has 400 games in the NHL. He was you know, one of their, yeah, third line players. Anyway, I could go on and I, Often I hate leaving guys out, but that's the kind of team they had. Uh, Chris Murray, uh, yeah, they were uh, they were stacked. And so anyway, but but uh, I was playing said in Tri Cities after a couple of years in Quinnell. Thomas from a real tough family. I, I Rocky Thompson is his brother, who was one of the toughest of the era, really. Um, and not just on the ice, Rocky was a Golden Gloves boxer. I think Jeremy, I called Jeremy Tomer. I think Tomer fought as well. And I believe their third brother was named Cody, if I remember correctly. And uh, we'll find out shortly. But a real tough family. And Tomer went on to play five years pro all over, mostly the southern United States. We'll find out about that shortly. And uh, just pound for pound, one of the toughest players I've ever played with. He was, uh, at that time, a real tough time in the Western League in a tough division. And uh, he would fight guys like Scott Parker and, oh, God, Kevin Sawyer. Frequently, like these big guys who were way bigger than him. Tomer wasn't tiny, but at that era, as a tough guy, he was about 5'10", 175 maybe. Um, and when you saw guys like that, I remember there was a guy on Moose Jaw, Rob Trombley, probably listening to this. And I heard how tough he was, and I'd never asked anybody how big he was. And we went into Moose Jaw, and I'm like, this guy's, like, tiny. Like, he, he wasn't big in any way. He wasn't tall, and he wasn't thick. But holy shit, did he have a punch. And, and those guys come to scare me. There's another couple in the Western League. Paul Ferrone was one. Um, but we had Tomer. And, you know, guys who aren't huge, they're not tiny now, but not huge considering they were fighting you know, every night, guys like Wade Belak and Sheldon Surrey and Kevin Sawyer and, like I said, Scott Parker. God, huge guys. Belak, Chris McAllister. These were big, big guys and hard guys to have to fight. Ryan Brown. Uh, right? It was, wasn't was easy out there. So whenever you saw somebody and, and, and heard that they were tough and they were small, it meant they were real tough. Like, I remember seeing Rob Chomley and going, okay, wow. Like, he almost intimidates me more than fucking Wade Belak because 
if he's skating around on this, this was a warm-up. I'm going, if he's skating around and this guy is tough, he must be real tough, which sure enough. Usually those guys had knockout punches, right? I didn't have a knockout punch. I could I could hang in there. I, I was fighting always in my head, I guess, subconsciously. More fighting for a draw than anything. I uh, Usually I was fighting someone who probably was more notable, a tough guy than myself. And I like that coming in as the underdog. I've often explained why, right? The expectation isn't there for you to clean somebody's clock. Just standing up to them and, you know, you give your team some motivation. I liked that. Um, and, uh, I, and, and I didn't have a knockout punch. Look at my arms. They're not big. I played with guys like Dave Morissette. God, I looked at it. Or, or, you know, against like Tony Twist. Fuck. And you're going, man, if he connects, it might break my whole face open, which happened to people. Right? Um, I didn't have a punch like that, but I might nick you over the eye or something. I said, bony, you know, I, I was for the most part wiry, even when I had a bit of weight on. You know, I, I, I didn't pump iron a lot. I wasn't huge. I'd rather cardio, I'd rather wear you down kind of thing. And I, I didn't mind taking a punch, but my, my hands are so skinny that I could, if I hit you over the eye, then I might cut you. Right? Um, Whereas, I guess, if I fought Wade Belak, he could hit me right under the eye and not cut me, but put me fucking down, you know. Uh, but it's just, I think, the skinny boniness of my hands. And you hit people in a certain area right above the eye, and just think about it. It's the bone on the inside is acting like a knife, right? You get hit on the cheek or even the jaw, you're not as quick to bleed down there. It's mostly over the eye, or you can bust somebody's nose, I guess, which happened quite frequently. Not that anybody asked about blood in a fight, but there you go. I often bloodied the other person, but came out on the wrong side. So, yeah, Tom, I'm excited. Excited to have Tom around. I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Online, yes, but, uh, you know, that gets monotonous and robotic. And before, I, I, I've forgotten the last few episodes to recommend a song or a band, okay? So before we get into that, and I'm going to throw this out there, and I also know Jared Kiso's listening, and... Uh, I got to say, we've been talking some music, and Keese, you're, uh, I'm talking to you here, buddy. Uh, you're, what's the word? More knowledgeable musically than I thought, and who am I to say? I mean, fuck, Letter Kenny, Shorzy, I assume, I'll talk to everybody else now, I assume Jared is in charge, or in charge, is the main voice behind who picks these songs for Letterkenny and Shorzy. And I must say, a diverse, not only in genres, but in origins. There's a lot of Canadian songs on there that I, I like that they go with. And of course, they're promoting Canada. Why wouldn't you? But uh, yeah, Keese really uh, has a decent grasp of the same kind of music i do i guess because i uh once in a while will talk music a little bit listen to tunes when i was up there in Sudbury in the afternoon and uh so anyway and i've often talked with him about garage rock okay and and i don't even know how to define that i, I don't um but 
you know, I guess exactly what it would be. What what with the sixties, picture sixties, you know, a band up and coming, don't have a recording studio, they go out in the garage. So the basic instruments, you know, with a really unrefined sound. I'm defining it myself here, but I think I'm sniffing around, you know, the truth. Um so anyway, there's a band, and I like a lot of it. Uh well, it's my my favorite garage rock song would probably be and what's the word psychedelic rock was kind of you know it really fused together there i I don't know where one ends and one begins so i've talked around about it on here before um psychotic reaction by the count five right i love that unrefined power sound well there's a band called mitch Ryder and the detroit wheels okay and they were always one of my favorite you know, hard rocking outfits of the 60s. And when I often bring them up, people don't know what I'm talking about. And I find that fascinating because one listen, and you'll either be hooked or say, no, I don't like that. But if you like raw rock and roll, okay, um, and I'm going to go now. Okay, so anyway, I was looking for albums, but I believe I just get the greatest hits. You know, there were some great, albums coming out then but i don't believe that they were an album band and i'm looking at spotify now and they don't seem like an album band um but they they they, they were really they, they, their success you wanted to see them live right they were great live and they'd often do their own songs and then go off and, and mitch and the band would do like three or four songs in a row a medley of sorts right and you didn't know if it was going to be one of their songs or someone else's songs and i've really I'd love to know more. There's only I, if there's a book out there about Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. I don't know much about it, um, but they've come across you know in other biographies and autobiographies of the era. You know, even like the Beatles anthology. Like you'll read a little paragraph. Well, you know, we were in Arkansas with the Detroit Wheels, and Mitch was on his game, and things like that. Like you know, or, or the Eric Clapton book, or just musicians of the era would respect this guy. Mitch Ryder. So I'm going to give you three songs, okay? Now, the first one would be, and like I said, he often blends sounds and songs together. So the first one would be Good Golly, Miss Molly, Devil with the Blue Dress On. So it starts with Good Golly, Miss Molly. It jumps into, no, it starts with Devil in the Blue Dress, jumps into Good Golly, Miss Molly, out of nowhere. It's live. You can hear the place going mad. And then he comes back again. It's almost like a lot of it is, you know, just they're, they're thinking it up on the spot. I don't want to say ad lib in its music. They must have had some idea because it flows together. But it's certainly, but there you go. It sounds unrefined. So I'm going to give you three songs. So listen to that one. And you can hear, you know, he's yelling. Like you often, I often wonder, like, why didn't they keep going? I'm guessing he 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 wore out his voice. God, he's just. I mean, and these are often outtakes. Everything I hear by Mitch Ryder, other than the, the the stuff in the '70s, he starts to get away from that. I'm not an expert by any means, but uh, I don't know how you could keep going like that. Anyway, the second song you want to listen to, uh, "Little Latin Loopy Lou." Okay, it's just a straight up. I, I, you know, it's a rocker. It's a little bit different, but I like it. And the third one is called Jenny Take a Ride. And it starts with CC Rider, although I don't think that's in the title. I'll look right now. Um, 
Oh, Mitch Ryder hits. Here we go. Yeah, Jenny, take a ride. And same thing. It, it, it you know, you at, at the beginning you can hear and the band's into it, and you can hear the crowd. And he kind of starts down here and ends up here. You know, he's just giving it to you. And by the end, you can hear him yelling out his voice again. He can't do anything half-ass at the time. You know, he you can see that he wants to kind of what's the word at the start of the song like he's trying to tone it down a little bit but mitch just goes crazy and he can't contain himself and um actually this is motivating me this just came out of nowhere because i was listening to mitch Ryder last night and you don't hear mitch anywhere else and i love the name the detroit wheels um and he kept going i just for, for that period in the 60s he really stood for a lot of the music that I loved, you know, and they're not my favorite band, uh, but they got elements of everything like the Beatles, you know, hard rocking songs, revolution, uh, you know, get back. Like there's elements of that in there. The stones, um, like I said, garage psychedelic rock. It just seems like this guy wants to rock the fuck out, you know, and he's just going to do it. And if you saw them live, it would have been, I think, a sight to see uh, just for his energy, if nothing else. So Keith and everybody else that listens and, and likes the music recommendations, just check out. If you're into rock and roll, if you're not, don't even bother. Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Devil with the Blue Dress, Good Golly Miss Molly. Little Latin Loopy Lou. And Jenny Take a Ride. And if you like those, listen to, uh, you'll like at least half of his stuff. Like I said, I listened to uh, an album or two that came out after those, and uh, it seemed like he toned it down a little bit. And I want my Mitch Ryder rearing and ready to go. So there you go. Those three albums and the albums, or those three songs and the albums they're attached to is my musical recommendation this week. And we'll be right back with Jeremy, the Indian outlaw, Thompson. Ladies and gents, my next guest was one of the toughest players pound for pound this host has ever played alongside, amassing 618 penalty minutes in just 195 games played in the mid-90s. With Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, Tri-Cities, and Moose Jaw of the Western Hockey League. After five years pro and a few tours of the USA, he called it a career. Quickly moved into politics in his native province of Alberta, amongst other new ventures. From one of the toughest families in the history of sports, he is a wild Westerner, a proud player, a tantalizing tiger, a brave brother, an awesome alderman, a ferocious fighter. He played in Moose Jaw and goes by outlaw. He dished out hits and could really drop the mitts. He won more than a few, and his brother was tough, too. We had a good hockey club way back in the dub. His girlfriend was pretty way back in Tri-City. They enjoyed their life, so he made her his wife. Like birds of a feather, they're still together. We had lots of fun and gave Kamloops a run. I was 13 when I snapped my first bra. And ladies and gents, it's Jeremy Thompson, the Indian outlaw. How the hell are you doing? I, I'm i I'm living, man. You know, that's I'm taking the McConaughey model these days. Just keep living. And I should have said brothers because you got another brother, Cody, right? Cody and Rocky. I, I am do I have right? another brother, yeah. Okay. How did Cody? I, I, I hear about Rocky and once in a while I'll come across him, especially when he was here coaching while ago now, but I never really fall out of Rocky's world. Where's Kyle's Cody doing? 
Cody's doing well. He he lives here in Airdrie too. Uh, with uh, by by you know we're on one side of the city. He's on the other. My parents are over by him. Uh, he owns a boxing gym. Um, and he train. He's been uh, training uh, some hockey players. He's got a couple guys in the NHL now, and he he trains football players, all all athletes, and he's uh, he's doing well. Well, and he's got a. Uh, here's a plug for him. He's got a. Uh, 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 sorry, a uh, charity that he does is, uh, through his White Collar Boxing Club. They they do a boxing uh, card once a year, and it's amateur boxing. So they get uh, uh, started as oil field versus the law, and now it's turned into kind of a, a challenge uh, challenge thing where guys actually challenge guys to uh, to a charity boxing match. So they're this doing it in November again this year. So. Incredible. Didn't you guys, I know Rocky did because it was all over the news, but didn't all three of you guys fight for a bit? Like box, I mean, not fight. Cody and Rocky actually like were, you know, golden gloves. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rocky, Rocky won the silver gloves, the golden gloves and the bronze gloves. Uh, And uh, Cody, I think, won the silver gloves one year. Uh, But myself, I, I trained and I would spar with them. But I never actually got into. A, I never actually had a sanctioned fight. But um, I I wrestled, and I I went to nationals. Uh, finished thirteenth in the country one year in wrestling, and uh, won uh, three provincial championships in my weight class, and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Alberta Winter Games gold medal in wrestling. So so what was it with you guys in one on one combat? You just knew you'd be good at it, or or, or what? Because it really, I mean, now outside of it. You're good fighters on the ice, but this has nothing to do with that. This is growing up, you know, you're you're one it's not like you're in fist fights in Adam. So you must have yeah. you know, so you knew something about you and and you're good people with you know, people a, a lot of people that get into that are trying to harness energy that might be evil energy that might but you guys seem like just really down to earth guys. So how did you get into it like that? Well, we, we actually have a, a history in our family of, of the combative arts, let's say. Uh, my, my grandfather's brother, Sidney, was a, was a professional boxer. And uh, he also uh, signed a contract back in the 40s, or maybe it was the 50s, with the Chicago Cubs. He was a pitcher. And he was a lefty. Uh, never, never actually played a game, but, you know, went there, lived it up, and then ended up back in Edmonton. Uh, so yeah, we, we just have this family history of, you know, of sports and, you know, I, I, you know, maybe we can put it back to our indigenous background that we just have that warrior, uh, mentality and, and as part of us and, uh, going back in our family history, we've, uh, we've been a part of Canadian history, but on the, on the other side of, uh, the fight. So, man, um, I tell you, I, you know what, you know, sometimes you get deja vu. This is wild, but it had been, I, you told me that baseball story. And it was in Tri-Cities, and Tim McGraw came through to play, and I didn't realize that his father was Tug McGraw, and we were just having the conversation. I remember you – you know how something – like, that's that's over 25 years ago, and I remember it. I remember you telling me that it was around the same time. Do you remember when they did an article on you guys, and, and they put a big truck on the ice? might have been your yeah. truck. Do you remember yeah, that? It was, it was my truck, yeah. <laughs> you, you and Craig Stahl. So for those that don't know, they called them the Indian Outlaws. And it was uh, it really like uh, when, when you guys would square off or when you'd score a goal, they'd play the song and the place would go bonkers. I'm sure our attendance increased for that reason. It's not always people for people that don't watch Major Junior never had, especially during that area. They did they, that era. They didn't just come to watch me or Lank score goals. They loved to watch the whole vibe of the game. And you were a big part of that. So 
might as well ask you now, how did you yeah. get to Tri-Cities? Because you played in Medicine Hat. Aren't you from there? Uh, no, actually, we, we grew up in northern Alberta. Okay, uh, didn't realize and, that. And, and in White Court. Uh, but uh, growing up, I actually, um, uh, we I was born in Vernon, and we moved around a little bit. My dad ended up in the pulp industry. So we lived in Quinell, BC for eight years. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. We got that yeah. in common. I don't, I don't have that in common with many people. Yeah, and then, then we moved to Whitecourt. But here's the thing, and I don't I don't know if a lot of people know this that are especially Tri-City fans. Ryan Marsh and I played minor hockey together. No, I, I bet you they don't. Uh, yeah. People, because the connection that people make to Cornell Public, it's always me, Ryan Marsh, and Sheldon Surrey from that era. But you did. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. It was so comforting in Tri-City, too, because Cornell seemed so far away, Like, and to have that in common. Yeah, that's wild. So... You went to, I, I was surprised, man. You had, for those that don't know, there was, they didn't count 10 minute misconducts in the Western League. So the year before you played with us, you had 243 penalty minutes with no tens counted. Yeah. And, and some, I think it was eight goals, eight assists. I looked earlier. I didn't realize that. So you were a commodity. So we must, I, I can't even remember what we traded for you, but I remember you coming in. And seeing you and going, if that guy, it's like the first time I saw Rob Trombley, I'm like, if that guy's tough, he must be really tough because you had, you know, they were mostly gargantuan. It was the era of the big tough guy. You know, your hands were full with fucking Sawyer and Parker and these guys, but you pulled it off. Right. And I know what that's like. And you had a, you, you had a knockout punch. You were fighting those guys to win and I couldn't believe it. So how did we get you that again at the time? I can't stress how big of a commodity a, a good, decent third liner that could fight was. So this, it's, it's one of these stories that, you know, Lauxi had told me this. I don't know how true it was, or if this was just, you know, Lauxi being Lauxi, but I was in medicine at the year before I got traded um, right before the season started to Lethbridge. Um, and supposedly the deal was Lethbridge was supposed to trade me to, to tri cities because Bob was our coach the year before medicine. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that didn't happen. So I, I got traded to Lethbridge for Aaron Zaroni, who went wow. on, you know, score 40 goals that year for, yep, for the Tigers. So, Good uh, but yeah, I, I went to Lethbridge. I played um, probably, I think it was like 18 or 20 games in Lethbridge. It just wasn't working out. I, you know, <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I didn't see eye to eye of the coach. And, you know, it was one of these that, uh, and it's a funny story. And I tell my kids because they, they think it's funny because I don't drink and I haven't drank in, since 1999. Okay. Um, is, I had enough in Lethbridge. Myself and uh, McIsaac, um, Todd McIsaac. And, yeah, another uh, rare Atlantic Canadian in the league. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, Townsend. Um, we went to the um, um, Lori Morgan concert at the Lethbridge Sportsplex. Yeah. Got shit-faced. Broke curfew, you know, the whole thing. I think I woke up like the next morning around noon, still kind of half cut, you know, hungover. And I just was like, I called my dad and my brother. I'm like, I'm quitting today. I hate it here. This sucks. I'm going to kill somebody, you know. I, I know the feeling, buddy. And uh, I didn't realize you were going through that. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I went, I went down to the rink. I didn't even go to practice, you know, practice started. I went to the rink. I went and seen the GM and I just said, Hey, this isn't working. I'm going home. You know, I, I called a buddy who was working at, you know, working at Nikiska at the time, the ski hill. He's like, yeah, we're, we're hiring if you want to come here. So call my grandmother. Hey, can I stay there? You know, until this works out. And um, GM goes, you know what? Don't leave town. Don't leave town. Rocky calls me that night. Don't leave. You know, don't go, don't go to, don't go to grandma's, you know, just, 
just stay, right? Just stay there, see what happens. So I said to him, I said, I don't, I don't care, guys. If you do what you want to do, <clears throat> I don't care. I'm out of here. I'm I'm not playing another, you know, game, right? I grabbed my I grabbed my stuff and I was like, you know, screw you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh next morning, get traded to try. And you know, get a call from Lauxi and and from uh from them and like, hey, can you get here tonight? You know, hey, because we got we got we're going to Prince George tomorrow. That's so I'm like, okay, I packed up my stuff. Uh, my, uh, my best friend actually was, uh, was living in the hat. Uh, he came and got some of my stuff and took it back to <clears throat> the hat for rock. And we just, uh, you know, I hit the road and, you know, I was in try that night. And, uh, the next day we were on the bus to, or that night. I think we, we, we even a bus that night. We left that night. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're you so full of energy too. The NFL's opening week was action packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Who did you play with, too? You were... Was Stalzy for part of the year, right? I'm trying yeah, to yeah, but I started play. We started. It was it was Olson, Stefan, and I. Yeah, yes, it was. Yes, God, I only running around. And you guys, I don't mind saying it. You were poisoned trying to get it into the zone. But if you got it in behind the D, it was crazy crit train because Oli would like run around and you. And back then they would also give you a free pass on leaving your feet. And you guys, Correct. it was just always a circus and a yard sale. And Steph was big. He wasn't quite jumping around like you guys, but he was real big presence. And uh, anyway, you know, it takes all kinds. I look at that year, Tomer, as a real success. Kamloops were in the middle of a run as one of the best junior teams of all time. Three Memorial Cups in five years. Not three league championships. Not three division championships. Right, and we took them six, and we went a couple overtime games. Um, what do you remember about the year? I, what I remember, I mean, you could go on and on and on, um, but some great memories for me. Just We had a, a real group of guys that... I was there the year before, man, and it seemed to me that by November the next season, we had all the bad app. Anybody associated with anything negative was completely gone. You know, that year, I don't, I don't remember having like a quote-unquote cancer on the team. We all had a lot of fun. Um, you know, yeah. what about you? So, yeah, really, when I, when I got there, it was <clears> – <throat> I remember I think Sheldon was one of the first guys I, you know – I met and, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't think I really knew anybody, but it was like, it was right away. It was like, sure. It was like, Hey, you know, this, and I remember meeting you and Lanks and, uh, and then it was like right off the bat, hit it off with Cabby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cabby. Our captain, <laughs> and, but you know, Dean Tilchin was still there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, I think we traded him like two weeks later. Yeah, we did. And, yeah, that is what happened. Like, I, it, it was, it was all, I remember early. him just being grumpy. Like, you know, you know, a lot of days I was grumpy and a kind of a prick, but like he was just like, did we think call him happened. something? We called him grumpy old man or something like that. Yeah. I, I believe yeah. he might have been 20 that year. And, and, you know, I don't, 
it, Tilly was Tilly. I, I, I don't want anybody listening to this to think when, when I say that every single person we got rid of, I'm not saying they were all negative, but some guys didn't jive with that group. And, and you know, some guys just aged out. But it seemed yeah. to me, yes, by November or December, we were all on the right page. I think yeah. Tilly knew he was going to get traded too. It was, it was all like, you know, every day you come in the room and you hear that someone's going to get traded. I don't know if he was behind that. I remember something. Didn't he request it or something? Yeah, he just, he wasn't happy. Like, he yeah. wasn't happy with the situation. I don't think he was playing as much as he hoped. And, you know, like we, you know, that, that, when I, I got traded there in mid October, I think, or at the end of October. Yeah. And it was like within like three weeks, uh, Dennis, Dennis Bayak made like three trades, three big trades. Yeah. And like really complete, changed our team. And then we've added Boosh. And it was just, we just added pieces. And, you know, we had some great players that we ended up trading. But at the end of the day, the, the trades we made just made that team better. Like you yeah, can have yeah, great yeah. players, but you know, it doesn't always mean the team's better, right? Totally. And then when you get to pro, it, it, it was a bit different of a feeling. You, you know, you played five, six years pro. Like you, you, you get there and it, it just seemed back then that in, in junior, we were all friends and we had all kinds of confidence. Like I never questioned their moves at all. Yeah. Even our button, well, Sheldon Surrey was one of the guys that get traded. I love Sheldon. He's still, and he, I'm, there's an example. I'm not saying that everybody got traded was a cancer, but for some reason they had something in their head. They had a team that they wanted to go with. And I think they, they saw that we were, I guess in Tilly's case, he would have seen like them rebuilding kind of thing. Because at the beginning of the year, like it was me and Lanks and, and you know, who Mike Hurley and Stalls. I'm trying to think of Boyd, like we were all pretty yeah. young considering. And, like you know, and Stahl, when I got there, yeah. Stalvi wasn't playing much. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like we had I, Tommy Zavaduk, we had Stalzi, we had uh Schultze. Like there was a what there was this group of young guys that just kind of when we had Sheldon and Tilchin and all those guys just weren't getting a chance. And then we right. made some of those moves and those guys got to play. And it just changed the dynamic. And then we got Ryan Brown, who, you know, was, you know, a stay-at-home defenseman who was tough as nails. There was just, we just, the pieces we added, you know, later adding Rob Butts and those guys and Boykoff were, you know, just, you know, icing on the cake for, for our run. But yeah, you're right. Adding, adding those guys. So, and, and, you know, there's something to be said about a positive run. It's funny. I've played on teams, you know, now, how many years ago was that? And there's there's a lot of guys on that team that I still keep in touch with. I don't mean every day, but I mean a lot of guys, you know, considering all the other teams I played on, probably the most. Like, you know, I'm, I'll be in Edmonton next week, by the way. I don't know if you're around. I'm, I'm going out uh, trans Sam with. We'll be doing a promo for the Jason Greger show at the Canadian Brew House. And yeah. I'm going to be on uh, Got Your Back. Yeah. Uh, this is your interview. Here I am fucking moaning, but I'm just telling you, it's I'm going to okay. come out. Love to see you, the Hurleys. Yeah. You know, I'll get a hold of Zenith. Uh, anyway, some great memories. So you and I mean, yeah, I don't... Zeke, Zeke was another 16 year old, too. On 16 year old. I think looking back, I think they were planning. They were like building for the next season. I think that's yeah. why Tilly might have wanted to. Right. It seemed to me that we, and then we started doing well. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we can go for it this year. And it ended up being the best team we had was 94, 95. Yeah. Um, it, it, they kind of gave us uh, it was our ball to run with. But listen, I don't ask many people this stuff about their personal life. But that year, Jen is your wife's name, right? Yeah, Jennifer, I remember um, it's been a while, but I just because that doesn't happen every day either. And you guys are still together. And I, like that worked out. That was the one percent that get actually together in junior and stay together. When did you she worked in our office? You met her. You guys got married when? So we got married after my overage year. So wow. I, I thought pro. so. 
Right. Yeah. So, and it's funny is Jen was actually uh, in college, but she, she had come, she was home in January to do an internship with the Tri-City Chinook, the basketball team. Yeah. Okay. That was And I met her in the hallway and it's, it's like, it's kind of a funny story is I just happened to be there early doing something with Ian for Ness. She had borrowed this giant, uh, uh, the, you know, the paper cutter, right. You know, but the, you know, you pull down and cut paper with, and, and I held the door open for her so she could bring it back to, to the AMS office. And then I'm like, Hey, Ian, who's that? You know, who's that? Right. And he's like, you know, whatever, you know, you know, mind your business kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, I went, I, I ended up running into, uh, Lewis, who was the, uh, uh, the PR manager and, and stuff for the Chinook. And I'm like, Hey, who's that? Who's that? Who's that chick in your office? Right. And so he's like, Hey, come to the game and I'll introduce you. Right. And so I went and met her and she, you know, I'm wearing my Wranglers and my, you know, Am's jacket. And she was like, whatever kind of thing kind of blew me off. And I'm like, what the hell? Right. And so I, I ended up, I said, well, why don't you come to the game tomorrow night? You know, blah, blah, blah. I gave her a couple tickets and, you know, she brought her friend, and, yeah. you know, and then uh, we went out, we went out for dinner and Cabby came along, you know, Cabby's like, Hey, she got a friend. She got a friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cabby <laughs> so Cabby came along on our kind of our first date. And then, yeah, it's uh, we've been, we've been together ever since. So that is wild, but you could tell, you know, what's funny that, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Everybody else at the time, you know, it just felt like a junior relationship that wasn't going to go anywhere. I mean that yeah. in a good way. I, I dated a girl in Tri-Cities. I don't think she ever expected we were going to hook up after that. But, um, you know, you guys really did. So congrats on that, first of all. Um, and where did that lead you? You got how many kids? So we got three. Uh, my oldest, my oldest Faith's at Mount Royal College. She's 21. And then I have two boys that are in high school, Aiden and Keelan, and uh, they're both football players. So. I saw that. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, pay attention on Instagram. Yeah. So they're playing football. Yeah. Are you always into football? Oh, I always love football. Yeah, I just with junior, like I started playing junior at 15, right? So there was no, you know, White Court, we had a high school football team. Right. And, you know, grade nines could play. So I played, you know, I, you know, got to, got to practice and do a little bit. And then um, I had, I had, there was a little hiatus when I was in tier two junior that I wanted to trade. And so I ended up living with my grandmother for a couple months and I, you know, played one high school football game here because I was going to high school here. Wow. And, and you know, the, it's one of these stories, like it's the total junior hockey story that I ended up playing six years and I was everywhere and here and there and, you know, little breaks or whatever. But um, yeah, so always love football. Uh, Jen's family, she's got some cousins that played high school football and played college football. So her family's a big football family. And um, no, that, uh, yeah, doesn't surprise me. I remember you being into it. I, I didn't get into it till a few years ago, but back in Tri-City, I had no idea. And a few of you guys would get together on Sundays and I remember just hearing the lingo. Um, and it was always at Steph's house at Mark Steph's Billets. Steph, and remember Steph had like backdoor card games and shit going on. And yeah. we'd be well, on the bus and like money games in junior. <laughs> well, we used to play, uh, we used to play Risk for money on Thursday yeah. night at Steph's house. Like it was only me, Cabby. And I forget, there was always uh, like someone else. There was always that rotating. I remember you guys doing it. I'd, I'd bomb around with Zeke in my uh, Dodge Lancer or whatever, or, or his Sunfire. It was always that in Tri-Cities. I tell people, they're like, man, you're a wing. Now you guys must have done some drinking. I'm like, we didn't go to the bar. We I, I remember having parties and stuff. But given what I saw later in my I'm like, no, it was really mild. You would think with a bunch of personalities. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to disappoint you guys. We had lots of fun now. And some great stories. But, Tamara, I don't remember going to the bar and getting shit-faced. Do you? 
No, not, you know, never to the bar. Like we, we had some parties every once in a yeah. while, but, um, when I was an overage, cause I didn't, I lived, I lived way out in Richland, yeah. which now, now if you look at Kennewick, like that's just part of Richland, like, or, or Trey city. I went back I, buddy three years ago. I couldn't fucking believe it. I hadn't been back. Yeah. And like, you know, I was kind of out in the booties, uh, out there in Richland and the fugitive Jerry, yeah. Our, our trainer lived out there and there was days, there was sometimes after the road, I'd stay and help them unpack some stuff. And then we'd stop at the Seven Eleven, kind of on the, on the border of uh, Richland and Kennewick out by, uh, by where Ash lived. Yeah. 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 We'd, we'd, we'd split a six pack of beer. He'd buy the beer. <laughs> we'd I, I know. the parking lot have a six pack of beer. You know, what's fucking hilarious is that back then, which is not so much hilarious as, as comforting. I look back and I'm like, I tell buddies here that like are going away to major junior or played pro. There's always hockey stories. I'm like, we hung out with our trainer and our radio guy, like Ian yeah. Furness and Jerry Fredrickson were very much like part of it. Like, you know what I mean? We, Hey, we're going somewhere. We'll invite them. They hung out with us. They were as much part of the team. Great fellas. Ian went yeah. on. I had him on here, but he's, he's doing a lot of media now in Seattle. Right. Do you guys yeah. still keep in touch? Yeah. You know what? I actually, I was, uh, uh, I was out at, in Seattle this summer. And actually spent spent a night with Ian, like stayed at his place and hung out and yeah. just what had a you, blast. What, what were you doing in Seattle? Went down to watch the game or what? No, I I was uh, actually ended up catching a Mariners game. But uh, my my wife's cousins they do uh, they do a annual golf weekend uh, in memory of the of my wife's uncle, and so they've invited they invited me along now. And this year they did it in Seattle, so. I went and spent the night with Ian because the golf course wasn't far from his place. And we just, you know, had a great, great time catching up and wicked. I can't wait to get out there again. I went to, I went a few years ago, like to drop the puck kind of thing. Um, and they were real great. I, 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 I always wanted to get out and I got back out there and uh, sold a few books and everything and talked to some fans. And it was wild going in. Like when I walked in the bot, like where, where you would have held the door, door open for yeah. Jan. I could like it smells the same, like the rubber on the floor. The it, it was why it brought back so many memories. Just going in the room. I mean, it's a different room, but it's very yeah. similar. And the rink is pretty much the same. You know, like it was a lot of great memories. But everything around there, you're right, is really built up. Do you remember? Do you remember when we took a spray can to my car? Oh yeah. So <laughs> people ask me. I never talk about it. I had a Dodge Lancer, and it was. Um, it was old at the time, I guess, maybe 10 years old, but it got me around. And we came out after practice one time. And I, I, I think we were like, whenever we needed some kind of a boost, it was either Stalzy or yourself or me or s someone. <laughs> I don't know. We had lots of guys with personalities. So I don't know. Stalzy, I think, had thought about it because he said, no, I got a couple of cans of spray paint. We can do something. So I was like, let's just paint up my car. But we put the, the hubcaps pink. The tires, remember gold. We painted yeah, and gold. Yeah, fluorescent, fluorescent green on the hood and numbers. <laughs> yes. uh, and I think, I think when you guys did that, didn't you guys dress up as Spider Man and Superman? And then yeah. you guys were like in Safeway <laughs> shopping. And You're right. You're right. Before the days of everything's recorded and these pranks and stuff, we would carry around a video camera. Like, we, like what someone would carry the video camera. And me and Stalzy would dress up in superhero outfits, go into like Target, go shopping. And get people's reactions. And I remember I used to wear the crash test dummy mask, and yep. have someone in the pad. And I would, I would like speed up to a, a red light, slam on the brakes, and then hammer my head off the, off the wheel and look at the people's reactions. Fuck. 
I mean, no wonder people thought we were fucking out of our minds, right? Like I said, we had a lot of fun, but there was rarely booze involved. Well, one of, one of the funniest ones is when you, I think it was Dorian Attic and Stalzy went over to the sheriff's department and they like did the, the they acted like they arrested you and then stuff got, they called over to the office and like, it was just like, I remember Lopsy losing his mind. And then you guys had like mug shots and the whole bit. And like, we had, well, there was a, there was a couple times that happened loosely in, in two different years. And, and both times it was wrong place, wrong time. But these guys, we were up to, to be quite honest with you. What happened was a couple of weeks before all that, we were up. Um, like up in the middle of the desert kind of thing, like up on a hill, and we cracked open a couple of beers and we had them. It was just two beers because we had a couple of girls that were fans that came to the game, and there was never a way to get them alone. We stayed with billets and everything else. And, you know, you're coming to age, you're 16, turning 17 or whatever it was. And, you know, so it was always a challenge in Tri-Cities to get away. That's what happened. And the area we went, someone had been murdered in. So the cops investigated it. Obviously, but we were just wrong place, wrong time. And anyway, these guys called ahead and then followed through. So I had to go down. Like they acted like I was some kind of suspect. And the joke was on me. I didn't realize either. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Of course I didn't murder any. And they were like, well, we're going to have to get your fingerprints. And anyway, they took these mug shots and sent them to the team. And I, at first, I wasn't privy to the info, but afterwards I figured it out. And anyway, it was a shit show in Tri Cities for a while. We 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 had to face the music. I think we. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, and I remember that too because I remember I was sitting with Lanks and Cabby, and and Lanks is like, "What the hell has he got himself into this time?" Like, just started losing was, his mind. It was always <laughs> something. We had to go in, and I remember the the cops actually scolded us because we we were underage drinking on top yeah. of everything. I was like, "Oh, nothing happened." Well, I didn't murder. They were like, "Well, you didn't murder anybody," but. You can't be just boozing out in the middle, of it, especially as a Tri-City American. So we had to go and uh, we had to speak to the juvenile delinquents twice. I remember it was like juvie service or whatever we had to do. Uh, that's a good memory. So we, you, you there, you're there in 94, 95. We go through that. 95, 96 to me is a little foggy. And I mean that literally because I had a concussion and it was bothering me. So I was very vested in my own interest toward the, the end of the year. I wanted to get better. I don't recall much about, I mean, I do. It just wasn't as fun that year for me with a goddamn concussion. That was yeah. your overage year. So yeah. you go, you must've got traded towards the end of the year, correct? I get traded at the deadline. Yeah. At the deadline. On. I remember that around, the, again, I had to go to Montreal and get tested and all that. And I remember coming back and you're not there. So you went to Moose Jaw to finish your season and then go pro. So first of all, how did Moose Jaw go? And was it a good way to finish your junior career? Yeah, Moose Jaw was awesome. Um, you know, get, get traded there. And now I'm, I'm the only overage. They had actually made a bunch of trades at the deadline that year. And uh, so I came in, you know, I right away, one of the captains, you know, it was, it was uh, Al Tour, great guy, great coach. Um, just, just had a blast, and, you know, and coming back to Canada, as an overage in Saskatchewan. Not, now, if I wanted to have a beer, no big yeah. deal. Right. You know, and it was just a, it was a different vibe. I got to, you know, I got to play lots. I was killing penalties. You know, he'd throw me on the power play in front of the net every once in a while. Just, it was a, just a different vibe. And, and now I'm, I'm kind of, I was able to, to kind of mentor some younger guys and, you know, just, just have fun. And then one of my old teammates from medicine hat was there. So 
you know, we just, you know, it was just, it was, it was a good fit. And I, I'm, I'm surprised Reed Lowe still talks to me because I, he was a rookie that year and, you know, he, he, he's tough and, you know, he, he fought everybody when we were there, but he was really cocky. And so I would, I would do stuff to him. Like you wouldn't even know it was me. Yeah. Right. And I just, you know, I cut his laces or I'd stick foam in the end of his skates or I put, you know, baby powder in his helmet, all the stuff that you did to guys I was doing to read low and moose <laughs> We used to call him speed slow. Speed slow. Yeah. yeah. Speed slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that makes sense. Look, they got exactly what they wanted out of you. Yeah. I, I love that shit. I think it brings a team together. Right. And, and so do you, you're that kind of guy as well. Oh, yeah. and, and then, and then the I got reason... to go to Nashville at the end of the season because we missed yeah. the playoffs. So I ended up, I ended up signing a, a PTO with Nashville at the end of the year and got to, got to go and play in Nashville. So, yeah, I saw that. So Tomer, your pro experience, God, it was a tough era too. Cause you had to go down there and fucking throw down with just, you know, there was just, didn't seem like you would ever run out of tough guys of that area. If one guy, that era, one guy was hurt or he got traded. Another guy would replace him. That was just as big and just as goddamn scary, probably more. And you fucking battled it out. You got up to the A for a bit. I mean, it was a tough time to be in the minors. Did you have a good time down there? Did you got, I mean, both of you, you're, you were married right out yeah. of junior. You and Jen must have experienced something. I mean, they, you know what? I often say, I'm talking a lot here. It's your interview, but um, I mean, I was, you know, Montreal and all these expe expectations, you know, so I, I was always kind of thinking about that. But when I did get down, I really enjoyed the, the minors. I loved Orlando. Try, Boise is one of the best places I've ever played. Colorado Springs. How did you enjoy it? So I, I had a blast and got to play in some great places. Um, obviously Nashville, Pensacola, you know, I had a cup of coffee in Pensacola, uh, ended up in Austin for a season and a half, which was, which was awesome. So I got to play, you know, Ryan Anderson, one of your buddies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Buddy. And, you know, we just, we had a great team there. Good guys. Um, you know, I, I try, I had to try out with the flames, you know, ended up, you know, kind of working my way down to Johnstown. And, uh, to this day, one of my good buddies I played with in Johnstown that, you know, we, you know, we still talk all the time and, uh, it just, yeah, it was a great experience. And For those that don't know, the Johnstown is the Johnstown Chiefs, right? So that's what yeah. the, the, the movie Slapshot, the Charleston Chiefs, that's what they're based on. And not just yeah. based on, that's the rink, that's everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The War, Memorial, the War Memorial, like you, you you know, the dog, like all the bars in the yeah. movie are in Johnstown. Like it's, Love it. You know, and, and this is 98, 90, yeah, 98, 99. And the city still looks the same as it did. Totally, man. I played there a couple yeah. games too. I couldn't believe it, Tomer. I didn't even know that. I'm like, I play the game of hockey. I love Slapshot. And I knew that the players in it were real and everything. I yeah. mean, I knew the story. I didn't know I'd go there and it'd be the same. I'm like, this is the same set. I thought it was all set dressing for the movie. It's not. The dog is right there. The war memorial. The rake is fucking just the same, man. It's wild. It Dude, changed we had a Christmas party at the Aces. <laughs> That is fantastic. For so those I remember, I, go see it now. Oh yeah, I called Rocky from the Aces at her. I'm like, we're having our Christmas party at the Aces and the payphone that they're using in the movie. That like, is fucking phenomenal. Did Jen like it? Not so much. It, it, you know, it was. It was. You know, of all the places, I think that would be tough all the for places. Her that wife. was the one that you know she she you know because because I because I tried it with the Flames and I you know went to St. John and everything that. She didn't come out till I was settled in Johnstown. So, you know, she didn't come out till November and she actually went home in February because the job market wasn't good there. You know, we, we knew we were probably not going to make the playoffs. And if, even if we did, we were probably going to go out in the first round. Right. And 
it was a revolving door because the flames were calling guys up left and right. Cause half of our team was on, you know, two ways or three ways. Right. So, you know, one time we're, we're, we had to, we had a junior, I don't know, a guy that played junior C, you know, in Pittsburgh come be our goalie because the flames had so many injuries that we had no goalies. Wow. Like our backup was backing up Freddie Brathwaite in Pittsburgh one night. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. That shit would I mean, happen a lot back then. Yeah. Um, but listen, in, in three or junior, uh, j- just what, what do you think about, like, did you ever get feedback after that? Like junior, I remember you taking on Scott Parker and I saw all kinds of people try and you were probably the most successful. And then it wasn't a fluke. Like you kept fighting these guys and was it Jamie bought you had a, that in front of the bench was that you and Buck? Yeah. And um, you know what? One of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. And then Dale Purrington, the same thing, right in front yes. of our bench, right in front. And he's a, I mean, he's a scary killer because he might yeah. stick you over the eye. I found Purrington, you know, a guy like Kevin Sawyer, you kind of knew what was going on, and and he wasn't cheap or, or or dirty. I mean, to a point, everybody back then had to play with some kind of a crazy grit on him. Um, you know, you'd you'd whack somebody, but with Purrington, it was very like. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen, right? He was a tough guy to have to battle, and you and did it. Did I, I got to say, you know what? Purrington had this, you know, him and I had this respect. Like, yeah. I, he never cheap shot at me, never jumped me. He was always like, hey, you want to go? Yeah, and we'd square off. And I think we fought three or four times. But, yeah, I see, I'd see. i see him do other stuff to other guys, but it was like, it was weird. So If with, I was a yeah. scout, I would have immediately plucked you out of the group, though. Um, anybody that that's, you know, that's out weighed that much that is so successful so what happened you went to some you, I know you went to some camps it was a it was a tough era for a tough player you know it really was and uh, I'm glad you battled and I fucking knew in junior not everybody plays pro right people yeah. don't realize that everybody plays major junior like average like maybe you're lucky if one of those players from that year goes on to play have an NHL career and most players don't play a fucking year pro and you went on and played fucking five of them so um, you must have been respected as a tough guy. What was the feedback from scouts and all that at the time? You know, the, the biggest, the biggest thing was my size. Yeah. Right. And, I think it was the only thing. Yeah. And it was, so it was always like, Oh, you know, you know, you're, you're tough enough. You're this, you're that. But it's like, yeah, if you were only, you know, and then, you know, if I was six, not five eleven, I was six feet. It would have been yeah. a different story. Like, you know, Rock's six two. So even at the end of Rock's career, he was too small. Yeah, it, it, which, it, it, which is crazy. It, it to think, right? a, yeah, dude, dude, dude. But, I know. You know, but yeah, it was always City. that, you know, oh, if you were bigger, if you're only bigger, bigger. Like I when I went to Flames Camp, I I I bulked up and I got up to like 210. And you know, my you know, I'm I was I was big. And you know, it was just that, you know, I didn't I didn't take steroids or anything, but I just, you know, everything that I could get over the counter and work out and so what do they tell fast me? more than anything? I don't know that steroids would have helped you. You were no. you were wiry like a fucking greyhound and you'd break yeah. your face. So I, I've, I've often looked at your fighting style and because I've still got all those tapes, man, from Tri-Cities. I got all kinds of your fight. Uh, do you have those, by the way? And uh, not much from Tri-Cities. I, I have lots from from pro and some from Medicine Hat. I'm going to have yeah, to send you. Tomer, yeah. I felt bad because I looked down the other day. I was with Penny Lane and, you know, now that I'm got a bit of a platform and my Instagram, I used to feel kind of bad about posting stuff like how self-involved is that? But now all kinds of people listen to this and they want to see it, right? They're like, what? And they're very intrigued by the nineties WHL more than anything I have. Yeah. And I looked over and I started going through them. I'm like Penny Lane. Like I got BJ scoring a goal. 
the guy's dead, right? So I'm like, I hold like right in my hand something that his family will probably want to see. I feel this urgent sense of responsibility. So what I'm going to do is go through these. I don't have the time or the patience to like go uh, DVD over to tape, over to digital. Yeah. So I'm going to record them onto my phone and I'm going to share them with everybody. And you're going to be free to do what you want with them. I, I awesome. put them up on YouTube. But I got a yeah. lot, Tom, or I didn't think I had it. I have a fucking lot. I have you scoring in the playoffs, man. You, I looked down. Like that year, so you got one, so I must have it. I think it's against Kamloops, but I got yeah, and it was it was a game winner. Yeah, there you go. Right, yeah, I didn't even know it I was had the game it. Game winner, and I think, and uh, you know, it was against Spokane. It was a game winner in uh, game four. Yeah, and you did you you did the dance or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I have that. Um, I have I have two full photo albums, or scrapbooks. Remember, Sylvia used to make them for yeah. us. And yeah, I still I still got them up here in my office. So wow. Okay, so I we'll mix and match. I'll send you what I got. It's it's good to yeah. talk to an ex Tri City American, by the way. Because you know, I, going going back to Parker and those guys, after I, I remember listening to you and and Ian's, you know, in, yeah. the interview with Ian and he, talking about that uh, uh, training camp when I got all pissed off and the first shift I went out and fought. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't Parker, it was Garrett Burnett. Garrett Burnett uh, just passed away. And, the guy played with Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, you I remember way, way better about how big and how tough this guy was, and I wasn't supposed to play that night. Uh, but Hurley ended up with a stomach virus, yeah, or something, right? And it was like, Lugsy, oh, you got to play. Like it was like half hour before the game. Oh, you're in, you're playing, and I'm like, what? Like you know, I haven't, you know, I wasn't ready to play. I was like, you know, doing whatever, right? So I was pissed. So I remember that okay, this guy's supposed to be all this tough guy. So I went right at him. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Cause I knew that I'd get, I'd get kicked out. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> so, you're, and, and you're a way better fighter though, Tom. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I remember I, yeah, I gave it to him pretty good. And I was like, you know, and I just like beat it right off the ice. <laughs> like, cause I, but I was so mad. Until but, you yeah, but said I remember, that, I didn't remember it. I do remember that. I don't have that one on tape. I wish I did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, part like the period uh, with, with Parker, I remember him. And I forget, I think maybe it must, must have been Scotty McCallum or somebody. It was like, you know, I remember telling him, hey, you know, you might have to fight this guy tonight. Like, he's supposed to be pretty tough. And then, you know, Scotty's like, whatever. And then right off the bat, he he's like, kind of bumps me. And he's like, hey, are you, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, who are you? And, you that know, was his job, he was. Meat. Yeah. And it's just and I remember catching him with an uppercut. And that was I, it. Do you have that one on tape? I, it's actually yeah, and it's on YouTube. OK, good, 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 good. Lately, I've been listening to a ton of hockey podcasts to get me ready for the upcoming NHL season, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to? Because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, which I find is perfect for tuning out distractions at work. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally love Raycons noise isolation mode that blocks out the sounds around me. Bass boost for hard-hitting music and balanced for podcasts. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Byraycon.com slash THPN. So, Tomer, listen, before we wrap this up, and I just need you for a few more, we're going to do some rapid fire randoms, yeah. if that's all right, shortly. 
But uh, what other fights in junior? Hate to keep concentrating on fighting, but that's what you were. You were a great fucking fighter in an era that called for it. Uh, do you remember any other big spectacles? The, the, the ones from Tri-Cities really stand out. Those ones against the big tough guys that I saw. But you played a, played a lot of junior without me in the building. Yeah. Uh, but before there was a lot of people recording it. Right. So what's out there that we might not see? What what Yeah, you? so there's one that everybody talks about. And if you're a Medicine Hat Tigers fan, it's you know, even it even came up last night. Um, and I'm 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 co- you know, coaching football, right? And someone's like, Hey, I saw this YouTube video of you and Rocky where yeah. you find these two Prince Albert Raiders and leave them in a pile in the corner. And uh, you know, that's kind of one of those that actually made uh for the I think it was the thirtieth anniversary of the Tigers. That it actually made, or the twenty might have been the twenty fifth anniversary. No, it was the twenty fifth anniversary of the top five moments. It was like the first Memorial Cup, right, with with Linden. Linden, yeah, late eighties. Yeah, and then the second, the, you know, the second Memorial Cup in eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Number that. three was the Thompson brothers fighting the guys for PA, and then wow. there was like Lanny McDonald's seventieth goal or something, and then it was like something about you know Tom Lysiak, right, and it was like. You know, but still to this day, when we go back to the hat, you know, if we go to a game or whatever, it's still, you know, remember when you were Rocky beat those guys up? Well, you guys had such a presence. It wasn't, it's one thing to just drop your gloves once in a while. But like, I remember the first time I played in Medicine Hat, they waited, they had the starting lineup and they waited until last and Rocky skated out to the Phantom of the Opera theme. I'll never forget it. The, The spotlight was on him. I was like, what in the fuck is this? What is this? And his hair was like yours is now. And he was flowing it around. I was going, Jesus Christ. We ended up fucking fighting, actually, before you got there in Tri-Cities. We, and I, I didn't realize anything. I, I don't know. I didn't realize anything. I, Rocky Thompson was my age. I don't know. Like, and boom, like you said, Golden Glove Boxer doesn't surprise me. I stood in there, and it might have looked good, but he fucking tapped me up pretty good. Like, both sides, welts all over my eyes. Um, Rocky was extremely strong and i think for that era one of the best fighters almost underrated at the time no but now definitely um so listen and so there is one more memorable fight from junior oh good yeah you please tell me uh it it was in moose jaw it was the first it was it was actually in the in in the old crush can um i came around the net uh it was against saskatoon and we'd wait belak and i had some beef from earlier in the season when i was in try Right. And so Belak's coming around the net and I come flying down and, you know, lay the hit. And we just both kind of stop, look at each other and drop the gloves. We went toe to toe for a minute. Yeah, it doesn't surprise He's throwing me. rights I'm, or he, and I'm throwing lefts. And it was just one of those that you could hear the hits. Like it just my 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 this side of my like my jaw here was just red. And, you know, his his side of that face was just red. Like we were just peeing off on each other. And I remember a couple years later at Flames Camp, um, Clark Wilm yeah, yeah. was like, Great that player. was one of the best fights of the whole, like of his whole junior career. He goes, when you and Wade went at it, he goes, Rocky and Wade fought lots, but he goes, they never fought like that. Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. You were a spectacle. Um, well, so was he, but you were a real spectacle because you're yeah. smaller and people, it, to see you fight and be like, people probably expected be like to fucking mop the floor with you, but I, I, it doesn't and surprise me. I played me. with Wade in, uh, in Hershey for a little bit oh, a few wow. years later. And we, we, we were kind of joking about it. And, um, cause there was a bunch of Western League guys on Hershey then. And it was like, he goes, yeah, he goes, I didn't expect you to, 
to hit me or even hit me that hard because I have long arms. That was the thing is I have, I have a long, long wing wind bat. Like my arms are almost as long as Rockies and I'm three well, inches shorter. Yeah, so that, that, it doesn't surprise me. You, you would have to have some kind of attribute to hang in there with yeah. those guys. But anyway, yeah. So it was just, it was, that was one of those fights that I wish I had that one on tape. No, it's weird. You would think even the league, the league was supposed to have all the games on tape, but yeah. it's really, I remember like going back and getting the tapes because I was curious and half of them you can't see anyway. Wasn't the whole point if someone gets suspended or if, to, to, wasn't the whole point, sorry, to police the situation a little bit and if if, it, if the situation called for it, to suspend a player. That was the whole reason that I heard and, you know, to add goals and assists that weren't maybe given to you during the game that rightfully, you know, give the rightful owner the assist. But you mean the Darcy Tucker rule? Yeah, with the Darcy Tucker rule. But you could never see it. I remember getting it going, how the fuck could I tell? It's like a camera up by the fucking picture of the queen, like, way, especially in the in the East. The yeah. East would get away with some bad, you know, you could go to play a game in Portland and it was on TV. It was just fucking fantastic, yeah. right? That was the thing. To me, it was almost like two different leagues. The West... You go to PA and the, the, the you know you'd, you'd have to get the tracking going on because oh, yeah. they use the same videotape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be PA you could feel the fucking place move. Um, people were on top of you and just. I, I like, scored a goal over. once in PA, and uh, Mark Polak, who uh, until a couple of years back played the most games as a medicine eye tagger, played almost every. He played like I think he sat out two games. Like Brent Ashcroft. Yeah, like he played, you know, from 16 to 20, played every game except for two. And the one game he didn't play is because uh, his mom and dad, he was, a, he was, a, you know, he, he was, we were playing in Red Deer. He didn't get to, he didn't play much. And I think his dad or his mom said something about, about you know, driving all the way to Red Deer and not getting him to see him play. So the next night, the next time we played in Red Deer, Loxy, Loxy healthy scratched him. Really? Yeah, just to prove a point. Yeah, I can see Lauxy doing that. Although Lauxy's bark was way burst, worse than his bite, from what I heard. I heard him coming in. I thought he, I thought he was going to be the fucking worst thing possible, and he had a bit of a sense of humor. Um, and we expected you to goal, work hard. This goal, I, I come down. Uh, it was a two-on-two. Mark and I cross over. He drops the puck. The guys go with Mark. I come in. You know, go forehand, backhand. You know, top shelf. You know, really nice goal. Everybody's like, Tommer, that's awesome. You know, come to the bench. Loxy comes down, kicks me in the ass. Nice fucking goal. You're not Mario. Don't do it again. Yeah, I could totally see him saying that too. And it was just like, yeah, like, don't try it again. Just throw it in the corner. But I know yeah. what he was getting at. You know what he oh, was yeah. getting at. Yeah. He wants but it was you to just put one it of in. That, you know, it's yeah. You get you get you get a highlight real goal. But back then, you could get your point across that way. I think now he would get in shit for saying it. Oh yeah. yeah. You know and what I mean? Know, like things now are so fucking in a bubble. I get to some degree, okay, we can't call players fucking punks or assholes. I get that. But, you I, you know, like that story that you just told me, that would make me kind of laugh. But a player now might take offense, right? Might take offense. Then all of they a sudden, the agent hears agent, about it. They call their parents. They'd be, you know, he, he told me not to score a goal like that. Yeah, Lauxi, who was one of my favorite coaches ever, might not last, you know? Um, and I, I mean that in as positive a way as I possibly can. Oh, I yeah. loved him. He was a, he was a, it's a different era. Like, you know, even talking to Rocky, who, you know, what is, you know, been a part of two Memorial Cup teams now as a coach. Yeah, and, he's got to, he's got to coach differently than he would have 30 years ago. It's the way it goes, man. Yeah, um, like the things that were said to us would be human rights violation today. Totally. You couldn't get out. I remember what Lauxy once we played like shit somewhere, maybe Seattle and getting back like three in the morning and then going on the ice and, and actually 
bag skating to a degree, you know, just to get a point across. And I know you couldn't do that now. Someone would complain and you'd be fired because, you know, extra work. Byron Bresky always puked. Yeah, always puked every fucking skate. And, and he felt he'd be like, oh, I'm good for this one. I, you know what? I'm good for this one. I think I'm going to be. And immediately, like two drills in, Brisket be puking. And he looked like he looked like one of the best. Well, he probably was. He just didn't like getting bagscape. Well, now we got some rapid fire randoms. Are you ready? Oh, hey, actually, can I just can I make a plug about my cousin? Yeah, of course. So I uh, for those, you know, Tri-City Americans fans, I'm sure, you know, my my uh, my cousin, Dave, his son, Deegan. He's playing for the Tri-City Americans. He's in his second season. He's wearing number 24, uh, my old number. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we're really excited for him. He's going into his draft year and he's got some big things, big things this year. And Dave is uh, a former Cornell millionaire. Really? And when I was a kid, <clears throat> Dave was my hockey idol. Like I just, I love Dave. I remember going to watch him play for the millionaires. And then he went on to play for the Vernon Lakers. Yeah, yeah, I played in, for that in the bit. early '80s, and uh, yeah. So growing up, Dave was like one of those guys that I always looked up to when it came to hockey. And him and I used to, because he's he's Indigenous, he's First Nation, and you yeah. know, Dave and I, I used to play on in some Indian tournaments with Dave, and we used to we used to have a great time. So, wow! So it comes full circle, hey? Tri City's yeah. wearing number twenty four. What are the odds on that? Um, and you there. were twenty four the whole time you were there, didn't you? Yeah, I thought so. Um, okay, we got. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Jeremy Thompson, rapid fire, randoms. Superpower, what would it be? Anger, just like the Hulk. What, what was it? Anger. Anger, just like the Hulk. Okay, that might be. Uh, the matter I get, the stronger I get. Mm, fair enough. For Good choice. Death row meal. Oh, steak. Just steak, nothing. This is, you just came home and you found, what did you find? Your house is ransacked, some fucking asshole and he's sitting there with the lighter in his hand he's caught red-handed and you fucking take him out and you end up hitting him so hard his head hits the fucking ground and he dies now this happens to happen in the southern united states capital punishment you are going for a meal and you pick just steak but what else would you like to have around that you can have a tomahawk fucking three steak courses a tomahawk steak from real's restaurant in houston texas okay from real's in houston and what are you going to have as a side uh They'll have some uh, garlic mashed potatoes and some bannock. Okay, nice. You got a plan. Going camping. You're going camping here. You got to take one of these people are going to come along with you. You know, nothing. It's not like you're in survivor land. It'd help if they know what they're doing, but they don't really have to. It's more for company and, you know, it's wilderness. So you got to take one of these people. Vince Gill, Dwight Yoakam, or Patrick Mahomes? Dwight Yoakam. I thought you'd say Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. I, I just came up with those names out of nowhere because I know yeah. you like country music and you like football. But I knew you'd say Dwight Yoakam. I remember you liking Dwight Yoakam. And, and remember, he was he acted in a few things, too. Yeah, and, you know, we can we can sing Suspicious Minds together. Yeah, that's that was your big and I uh, ain't that lonely yet. I remember at the time listening to those songs in the dressing room. Name an ex-teammate that would cook meals for you for a year. Ooh. Oh, an ex-teammate that would cook meals for me for a year. Uh, oh, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't know if anybody was a good cook, but I don't know if anybody in my experience was either. So, but you know, my, 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 you know what, my boy, EJ Bradley, his mom used to make some great lasagna and she used to, she used to come to Johnstown and, and cook for us. So I'm hoping EJ can get the recipe then. Okay. It's as good as answer as any. So Chris rocks going on tour. Okay. He wants to 
paint you green and call you a crocodile. So it's Chris Rock and Crocodile Rock. And when you when he comes out on stage, you're basically just going to lie down like an alligator. And you're just Crocodile Rock. And then you're going to like sit up like a stool and he's going to put his drink on your head. You're an alligator and you're still you're basically like his whipping boy of sorts. But it's all part of an act. It's Chris Rock and Crocodile Rock. You're Crocodile Rock. He's going to give you $17.4 million to do it. Would you do it? Hell yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. And I bitch slap Will Smith for him. There you go. <laughs> Fucking good answer. You got to tour with Eric Church or be a gangster in the next Scorsese movie. Which one? Oh, gangster in the next Scorsese movie. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. How many fish burgers have you ever eaten? Fish burgers? Two. Because my mom's allergic to meat, so we make her fish burgers. Okay, there you go. Most people, it's either a lot or none. Uh, So two is a unique answer. Would you rather play in the Game 7 of the World Series, Game 7 of the NBA Final, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, or in the Super Bowl? You're given all these abilities now. You can do anything. Game 7 of of the World Series. And and hopefully have a chance to walk off to it. Who do you cheer for again? I'm... Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland Guardians, because it was I, the Cleveland Indians, right? It because was the Cleveland Indians before, and I totally get the whole change in it. I'm cool with it. But growing up, Gary Carter, Montreal Expos, you know, that was my yeah. team until till the lockout in '94, and that, and you know, they gassed that team the next year. I became a Cleveland fan. Fair enough. Uh, our team in Tri City goes on the road. Okay, the bus breaks down. We got nothing. We we're all starving. So we don't die. It's not like the movie Alive. There was no crash. But it's a possibility here. Someone's got to cut off part of their body and we got to eat it. Who do we pick to eat and what part of their body? It's Cabby. It's Cabby, yeah. And his big thigh. And his big thigh because you know it's going to be full of easy cheese and crackers. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it certainly is. Fuck, he would take, we would take like subs and sandwiches. I'm not saying we were eating fucking healthy, but he would take fucking two fucking things of easy cheese just like whipped cream coming out of the fucking uh, can and load up on the crackers. It couldn't have been good for anybody. And drive Marshy crazy. Yeah, and me crazy, to be honest. Um, okay, you can be any superhero outside of Superman. Who do you want to be? Oh, I'm definitely the Hulk. Oh, yeah, of course. Or, uh, or, or, or you know what? Or Wolverine. I could see you as Wolverine, but I like your Hulk answer. You're consistent with Hulk. In my mind, I'm going to leave you as Jeremy Thompson, the guy who turns green when he gets pissed off. Okay. So we, the kids call me the indigenous Hulk. Okay. I'm going to call you Tomer. Just my character is the same, but in my mind, I got to separate it. The green Tomer. Um, How many burgers did you eat this summer? Oh, this summer I probably ate. 30 plus burgers. And and of those, half of those were Bannock burgers. Bannock burgers. <laughs> Interesting. I've had a couple of Bannock burgers, to be honest. Um, and they were both in Alberta. I've had at least two. Um, would you cut off your thumb, sew it onto your forehead, and go by the name Pie Face McGee for 1% of Coca-Cola's annual, Coca-Cola's annual profits? No. Because I need that thumb for golf. Fair enough. Would you go into space if given the opportunity? Sure. Just to push Elon Musk out. Yeah, just, and I, I don't mean like you got to go to Neptune. Yeah. 
I mean, just technically going to space. I do it, do it, and I could say I'm the first Indigenous person to go to space. I think you could. Um, you're in the amazing race. You got to pick one of these people to race with: Nicholas Cage, Tiger Woods, Phil Kessel, or Snoop Dogg. Probably, uh, probably Nick Cage. You know, toss up I, for me. The only one I wouldn't is Snoop Dogg. I think he'd just be too stoned to really get anything. Yeah. But yeah, Nick Cage. I think we could totally national treasure that shit. Oh, you mean you were gonna make a movie out of it? I see. Yeah. You're thinking yeah. outside the box or inside the yeah. box. You know, get a little GoPro and away we go. And Nick Cage and I with the, you know, like when he's uh, Cameron Poe, we'd have to be totally. He'd have to look that way so we'd look cool. Good as answer as any. You're in a hot air balloon for four days. Okay, you got to go halfway across the country. You got to pick two albums. What would those albums be? Only two. So you're you're probably gonna listen to these more than once. Yeah. Four days. You got two only albums. Yeah. So George Strait's number one hits. Okay. And uh, Molly Crew Decade of Decadence. I didn't need to ask about the George Strait. I knew you were gonna pick that. Motley Crue, Decade of Decadence. I just saw them about a month ago, by the, by the way, for the first time. And uh, at the uh, Rogers Center, it was fucking electric. Which two movies would you take? So in this hot air balloon, you got a little, uh, you know, I guess you got a little iPad or whatever. Yeah, it would be Spoke Signals with yeah. Adam Beach and yeah. Braveheart. And Braveheart. Fuck, that's going back. And God, that's underrated. I haven't heard anybody bring that up at that movie in a while. I remember loving it. I might watch it again soon. The fate of humanity is on the line, and aliens are looking right at you. You got to make them dance. What song do you pick? Oh, the Macarena. Hey, I've often said some people overthink that question. It's not how cheesy the song is. It's you got to make them dance. Yeah. If they've never heard it. They don't even know what music is. I think Macarena might be as good of a pick as any, my friend. Um, what's on a perfect taco? Oh, lettuce, salsa. And, and lots of cheese. What is one of your pet peeves? One of my pet peeves is people driving slow in the fast lane. Good fucking answer. I hadn't thought of that one, but fuck does that piss me off too. I don't know if I'm, and I don't know if it's because I'm always in a hurry, but just, it just pisses. It's just a, a blatant, ignorant move. Yeah. And, and, and especially when you're in the mountains and you get, you know, your two lanes and then it goes to the passing lane and they, and they speed up. Yeah. And, and they go, yeah, they speed up or then they pick. That's the time that they're going to pass ever so slowly. It's yeah. like a hundred and they're going 108 and you're like, and then all of a sudden they get to pass. And now you're behind the fucking slow motherfucker for the next yeah. three hours. Mountains are the worst. You're right. We don't have a bad situation like that over here when it comes to driving. Out there, you got those goddamn mountains. And if you're going in and it's single lane, goodbye fucking Susie if you can't get, you know, yeah. if they're going. And, and we always have, whenever we drive back and forth from Tri-Cities, it's yeah. we have that problem for yeah. half the trip. You run into that problem. Uh, okay, last question. All-time team, hockey team. You got to play against me. I pick five guys. You pick five guys. In in this world, they're all in their prime, so you can pick whoever. It's a hypothetical question, and you get five players and a goalie. However, these players can't be named Gretzky, Howe, or Lemieux, and you can't have any Montreal Canadiens. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, three forwards, two D, and a goalie. Three forwards, two Ds, and a goalie. So my goalie is going to be Terry Sawchuk. Mm, good pick. 
Uh, uh, on on D, I'm going with Sheldon Surrey for a shot. Beauty. Sheldon, and, will, uh, he'll he'll enjoy hearing that. Yeah, L I F R A D. Fucking two big time shots right there. Yeah, because yeah, you know if you take a penalty, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're own you. Oh yeah, if this goes back to the point, it's gonna be what it, you're gonna get minimum. You're well, you're gonna get a hundred mile an hour shot. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, Dougie G. Gilmore's is, yeah, you're a Leafs fan too, aren't you? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking knew it. There you go. My thinking cap's on. I remember that shit. Okay, Dougie Gilmore, nice. Yeah, and then uh, for my wingers, I'm going to take uh, Yuri Curry. Mm, rock, you got some good picks here. Yeah, and then uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it with uh, with with Bobby Probert. Bobby right. fucking Probert, nice. And you know what? All this time later, the guy's underrated. He had 30 in the NHL. He was in this all-star game. I know you know that, don't you? You know that oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, um, a real fab. Great fucking book, too. But, but uh, Sad. It was almost bittersweet. And um, the movie and everything, because in the end, he dies, right? We all know that. But fuck, man. What a guy. I met him a couple times. Tomer, I'll tell you about your picks. They all make a lot of sense. And other than Bob Probert, who one other person said... All those questions, I think four or five are consistent. I ask them every time, right? Death Row Meal, Superpower. The all-time team I ask every time. And those are all great fucking picks, and I don't know if anybody chose them. It's always, you know, the same kind of mix. Uh, but why not? Sheldon Surrey will be pumped. All-time D, why not? All, people don't realize this. Of all the defensemen in the history of the Montreal Canadiens, our buddy Sheldon Surrey scored the most goals in one season. You know, I guess, I guess I really couldn't have picked him. You said no Canadians. I totally forgot about his time with the Canadians. I was thinking Anaheim and, and, and Oilers. No, let's leave it. I want Surrey to be picked. And, you know, he got more games combined with other teams than the Montreal Canadiens. So there you go. I'm going to bend my own rule for that. Thank you, Jeremy Thompson, the Indian outlaw. What a time it's been catching up. Why don't you come up literally in a week and a half? And that's for everybody listening as well. We're doing a big thing at the Canadian Brew House. I'll be there. I'd love to run into you and and you, yeah. you and you, uh, out there listening. But Tomer, I mean it. If you're in, if you're around, now I got your number. I'm out to Alberta quite frequently. Penny yeah. Lane's relatives, they're my in-laws. Danielle and I aren't married anymore, but we really get along well. I still call them my in-laws. Actually, Shane, her brother, lives right in Airdrie. I'm Shane, there. I Shane, Shane and I play golf together a couple times a year. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> He, Small he world. He lives here in town. So yeah, you know, great, we, great we, fella, Shane. You know? together, so that is great, man. I, I figure you guys would get along. Well, here, a, a shout out to Shane Us, uh, absolute beauty. I'm still friends with everybody in Danielle's family. You know, sometimes there's a lot more to take from a marriage than just the romance within. You know, there's all kinds of. I love when Penny Lane goes out west. I love Alberta, and I think it's a big part of her life that. Always needs to be there prominently. Listen, man, it's been great talking with you. Thanks a lot. Catching up with an old Tri-City American is something I always love to do, especially when it's one of the Indian outlaws, Jeremy Thompson. Talk again soon, buddy. Thanks, brother. There you have it, the Indian outlaw, Jeremy Thompson. Thanks to Jeremy. And, uh, yeah, some memories go way back there. With uh, we haven't spoken in a long time, but uh, keep keep uh, in touch online. Glad he's doing well, and glad that him and his beautiful wife Jennifer are still together. It's been a long time, and that is rare these days, given the divorce rate and whatnot. So, 
shout out to Jennifer and thanks again to Jeremy and good luck to the families. Uh, always positive people when I've come across any of the Thompsons. It's always been a time to remember. Uh, anyway, thank you again for tuning in to this episode 120B. If you're downtown in St. John's, why not have a beer? Why not have a beer? If you're going to have a beer, go to Greensleeves, TJ's, Rob Roy, Bull and Barrel, Trinity Pub. I mean, that's where I like to go. And if I'm going to have a bite, I'll go to Greensleeves for a bite as well. And uh, maybe Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water. And of course, my good friend Peter Wedgwood's place, Wedgwood Cafe, who also do catering. True hockey, take what's yours. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'll be back in a few days with another great guest. Not going to reveal it yet because it's one of three absolute beauties as always i'm not really sure and i won't be until next week thanks for tuning in catch you on the rebound this has been episode 120b see you guys soon